Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week I have invited on a crowd favorite, Katie Leineke, <laughs> uh, to talk about alopecia, which Katie actually has alopecia. I so do. This is a perfect episode <laughs> for you to be on. You're I have so years knowledgeable. of experience. Yes, I have lots of experience. Yeah, you're knowledgeable about so many things, but mm-hmm. this one is maybe one of the first like truly personal. Oh, it's very personal. Yeah. 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 Um, so thank you for being here, Katie. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, September is Alopecia Awareness Month, so that was another reason that I decided to do this episode this month. So let's help raise awareness. Yeah, let's do. <laughs> so let's start with um, what is alopecia? Alopecia areata is what uh, many people call it. It's its full name. Uh, it is hair loss that is based in an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. um, and so you're you're I keep describing it to children as your germ fighting cells, um, your Uh T cells, Mm -hmm. uh, swarm your hair follicles and won't let your hair grow. Okay. So your hair follicles aren't broken. They can still make hair actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they, for whatever reason, when they're being swarmed by these immune cells, they, um, they cannot. So the, basically the T cells can't recognize your hair follicles as belonging to you. So when I explain it to children, (laughs) Because follicles and T cells and immune system doesn't make sense. I say, um, my germ fighting cells get confused because we have little flower pots. They're like flower pots where our hair comes out and it doesn't have a sticker. My my body can't see the sticker that says, this is Katie's. (laughs) And so they go over and they give him a big hug. And when you're hugging them, you can't do anything else but hug back. So they can't get all the things they need to let my little hair flowers grow. Um, and so that's how I explain it to the children. Because it's, you know, follicles. You're like, what? What does that yeah. even mean? But I find describing it as a flower pot, germ-fighting cells, and stickers <laughs> seem to help. Nice. Yeah. That is the way that you explain it to kids. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So just like, because I am I have allergies, just like my body thinks that tree nuts yeah. are germs and needing yeah. and need, need to, to be de- attacked. Yeah, need to be 
contained. Yeah. Uh, your body thinks that hair follicles yes. are germs that need it's to be attacked. so confused. I used to tell people, I was like, my, really, they're just bored. They have nothing to do. Because <laughs> um, when I was really little, uh, in fourth grade, I got very sick with pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And all of my hair grew back. And when I was in college, I got very ill with mono and all of my hair grew back. Wow. It's really interesting because so, your immune system has something to do. It needs to pull all of its resources. <laughs> and they're like, hey, what so are you doing So pneumonia is the fidget spinner. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> for your it body. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that is so interesting. It was, it was really interesting, yeah. That's fascinating. So yeah. if you start growing some hair are you like oh no I'm about to get sick um no actually but I did have I so I've recently I can tell you my whole story too because yeah it's it's changed and grown throughout the years I would love Um, that and I think that that would be helpful for nannies whose nanny kids yes because they can see the entire progression absolutely um yeah but recently so I'm totally I was totally bald about I guess two years ago now. And recently Mm -hmm. my eyelashes have all come back and I have like little eyebrow hairs growing and I have arm hair and leg hair. And I was like, what's happening? (laughs) Am I, am I like sick? What's, am I about to be surprised in a bad way? Um, but when I was, so I first got symptoms of alopecia when I was seven. So you have to have the genetic markers on both sides of your family for it. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is, is you can have the genes for it and it can never turn on. So they do, they've done twin studies before and, um, identical twins who have been put up for adoption and separated, one will get it and one will not. Really? It is a genetic disorder. So they, obviously if they're identical, they have the same genes. Mm -hmm. Um, but so there's, there's a environmental trigger and they don't know what it is. Yeah. But they think it might be diet or stress related. Huh. Or maybe both. Right. Um, who knows? But yeah, so it, it's really interesting. So that I first got symptoms when I was seven and I had a little, that's about seventh grade or seventh, second grade, which uh, <laughs> most of you know, cause you're nannies. Right. But- um, and I got a little bald spot on the top of my head and then I eventually had two, um, on the sides and they were, I was pretty symmetrical. It was very bizarre. So I put butterfly clips. This was the nineties. I put oh, butterfly yes. clips in my hair. <laughs> it was a really bad fashion statement, um, to cover up those bald spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had, little do you spots. think that they were like, did you wear pigtails? Did, I'm just trying to think about oh. them being symmetrical. Were they no. like where there's you no, had gathered hair? N- no, that's a good question. Uh, it was not like I had um, had too tight of ponytails. Okay. That's what they thought at first. So right. I went to the pediatrician and he thought maybe I had a fungal infection at first. Mm. And they gave me a shampoo to use and it didn't go away. And he said, okay, well, then you have alopecia. And um, they told us about it and really you're not unwell, which is great news. Yes. Um, your body, usually people who have alopecia are actually very healthy, but your body just gets confused for whatever reason and won't recognize your hair follicles as yours. So, um, we started with a, the treatment story. I've got a lot, <laughs> I got a lot to tell you friends, so buckle up. Um, so we started with like a cortisone cream, a steroid cream on the spots. And then at that time I had three and then we moved to shots, which was actually fairly horrific because mm-hmm. um, you put like 30 little cortisone shots in the size of a bald spot, a little bit bigger than a quarter. 
uh, in your scalp. Oh, it so, sounds mm-hmm. so terrible. I, I, all the treatments get much worse than that. That's oh, no. one of the more humane ones, my friends. Um, and so then I, I had that issue in fourth grade with pneumonia and I grew some hair back. And then in fifth grade, I lost it again. Um, and then let's see, middle school was the next big change. I started, I was still losing a lot of hair. And in fact, I was needing more and more shots and the shots don't, um, cure it. They just move it around. So they like relocate the patch. They just go to a new spot, which is like, why are we even doing this? Um, but we were just, we didn't know, we didn't think about that yet. Um, and then we, and the doctor recommends something. Yeah. You, yeah. You usually try it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I lost the center of my eyebrows in about seventh grade. It was a, it's a real dark oh time gosh. in the photography of me because <laughs> I like knew enough to right. like use makeup, but like not enough to like <laughs> actually make it look like an eyebrow. Uh-huh. I actually just drew a dark line from one side to the other. It's Aww. a very, very dark time friends. I mean, uh, seventh grade was dark for all of us, but <laughs> yes, that's a, it's a, you can definitely tell how old I am in those photos. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, I, I always was losing a few eyelashes, but not very many. And then the next big uh, sometime in middle school, I guess they said you have too many spots for us to give you as much cortisone as you would need to treat these spots. Mm. Um, cause it was getting worse or it was getting more progressive, not worse. Mm-hmm. I was losing more hair. And so we went to see an experimental dermatologist mm-hmm. who could give me more cortisone. And then, uh, that was not working because it, it really just moves the symptoms. It doesn't, right. doesn't do anything besides that. Uh, and then we moved into like other treatments, Mm -hmm. which were, uh, immunotherapy based. Mm -hmm. So for one, they made me allergic to a chemical on my rear end and then applied it to my bald spots. And I first didn't have any reactions Mm -hmm. and, uh, then they doubled it and I didn't have a reaction on my scalp and then they doubled it again. And then I had a horrific reaction. Oh my God. And it was so bad. I was at this time I was about 14. I was in um, freshman year of high school. Is the thinking behind that, that if they can make your body think that it needs to fight mm-hmm. the allergies, then it gives it will... you something else to do. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a fidget yes. spinner. Exactly. And that's something that actually it was a chemical that was, or a process that was approved to treat psoriasis. Oh, okay. So, um, they were trying it on other autoimmunes to see if it would work. Um, yes. And then I had, it was so bad. It like washed down the side of my face and they tell you like, be careful, make sure you wash backwards. I tried to be very careful, but I guess I was not enough or maybe the chemical was just so strong at that point. Um, I looked like the elephant man. Um, I can't remember his real name. That's so sad. John. I don't know. Yes. But, but I I was very swollen. I was unrecognizable facially because my face was so swollen. Wow. Um, I had, wounds in my scalp that had been opened up by this chemical. I had chemical burns and they gave us a alcohol based, um, treatment to cure it. Uh And they, and it was so terrible. I have a vivid memory of sitting on the floor in front of the couch and my head was flipped over and my dad was applying these alcohol drops to my, my scalp in these Mm -hmm. places where I had these wounds and he was being so sweet and trying to blow on them and be gentle so that it would dry up faster. And it was, oh, it was so, and I was like bawling because it hurt yeah. so bad. Um, this is all relevant for later, friends. I'll tell you more. <laughs> okay. Um, and then 
let's see, I started to lose. It was before that I, uh, we did one more treatment and then I was like, no more. Um, we did another immunotherapy treatment where I would get shots in my rear again, mm-hmm. um, with it in, uh, the glutes, not like in your, right. Um, <laughs> and cause the needle was so big. That's the only muscle it could go into. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. more fat mm-hmm. there usually. Yeah. I know from allergy shots. Yeah. And it's, it was an immunosuppressant. So they tried to suppress my white blood cell count um. to see if that would do it. And that was another thing that was shown effective for, um, people who were, experiencing psoriasis and maybe rheumatoid arthritis. I can't remember now. And so they give me a shot on Mondays and on Thursdays I get my blood drawn for like a month or two months or three months. It was really hard and nothing really happened or changed. And how old are you at this point again? Probably 15. Okay. I was still very young and, uh, I'm still young. I'm 28, (laughs) 28 years young, everyone. Um, but I was at that point I was like, I just, it wasn't working. And I was like, I, this is like torture. Like, right. I don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather just lose my hair. Like, please just let me lose my hair. Right. <laughs> I just want to be bald. And they were like, okay. My parents were, um, understanding of that. I think part of them too, they, they were really worried for me to be a bald female and they didn't know how that would be. And yeah. I had had some bullying of course in middle school. Right. Um, and that was really hard for them to watch as my parents. Uh, and so then we, stopped treating it, but my hairline was going to start to go because before you lose the hair, you get a little pink, um, scaly looking skin in the area because you're starting to have an inflammatory response. Right. And before your hair falls out. And so my mom was like, Hey, I think you're going to lose your hairline. I think you need to get a wig. And I was like, I would rather shave my head. And she was like, you're getting a wig. And I was like, fine, then I want it to be hot pink. And she was like, it's going to be brown. (laughs) So, um, at 16, I guess 16, I got a wig Uh and I remember everyone in the wig shop being like, you're so beautiful. And I was just fighting back tears because I just didn't feel it at all. It was really hard, really, really hard. That is Um, really hard. Yeah. It was like, it was really interesting because they had the greater perspective as the adults, right? That, this doesn't make you ugly. It's, it's not, um, damaging or wounding. And it's definitely a challenge to right. learn to love yourself and find yourself beautiful with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it was a really interesting learning experience for me. And, but at that time I was not ready. Right. <laughs> but then the next year you're, when I realized you're I, learning so much about how to be confident yeah. at 16, that there's so many yes. balls already in the air. Yeah. I can only imagine. Right. And most children aren't super kind, like, like right. teenagers aren't <laughs> not, that's not true. Bullying happens is what I'll say. Yes. A lot of times in that time period, because Mm -hmm. children are also dealing with insecurities. Mm -hmm. And so it makes them feel better to point out someone else's. So it's not really that they're unkind. It's just that they're feeling so insecure in themselves. Right. Um, this, I, I have so many things to say for advice for if you're working with a child with it. So, um, we'll yeah, get, we'll, we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. I want to hear um, the rest of the yes, story. I'm though. almost done. <laughs> so then I, uh, was bald. I switched, I started switching wigs, mm-hmm. um, with hair colors and I was like, Oh, this is not so bad. Actually. <laughs> um, I still had about 75% of my scalp hair at that time. Mm-hmm. I cut it really short under the wig, which my parents didn't love because mm-hmm. I did it without their permission. <laughs> your head, your choice. Yeah. Well, thank they did not agree <laughs> at that time, but uh-huh. they came around. Um, I think again, it was them trying to feel better 
because it right in I was trying to accept that I was losing my hair mm-hmm. and they were not ready yet right so I get that um and then let's see I went to college um my hair started I got my hairline back my freshman year of college I had um not as many bald spots then my sophomore year of college I had yeah I grew back a lot of my hair and I was like, I'm going to grow my hair long for my sister's wedding. (laughs) And then I got very sick with mono Mm. and I had a lot of hair come back. And then after that, I had another bout of latent mono, which Mm. you can catch when you have regular mono, but it comes back a few months down the line and it can precipitate an autoimmune response Mm -hmm. because it makes a whole lot of white blood cells that do not fight the infection. Ah. So then I lost, uh, I started losing hair by the fistful, which had never happened before. And I was in the shower and I had moved my hair, um, just like swept, swept my hair around my shoulder to the other side of my head. Uh Um, cause I was going to shampoo it. And I had literally a fistful, a baseball size fistful of hair in my hand. And I gasped. I was so surprised. And then I like thought for a second. I didn't know what to do with it. So I like tried to wipe it on the shower wall. Um, And my hair fell out rather quickly after that. Uh, I had a friend who was like, just stop touching your hair. And I was like, girl, if you had any idea how often people touch their hair in a day, it's very challenging. And so my boyfriend at the time shaved my head and I was really nervous. I was going to have a really terrible bald head. But it's adorable, so it it's is fine. adorable. <laughs> Worked out I great. Agree. Thank you. Um, yeah, and then I was uh, bald for about five years, and I mean, like totally bald. That's called alopecia universalis when mm-hmm. it is your entire body. I had no nose hair, no eyelashes, no eyebrows, no private area hair, nothing. I had nothing. Wow. Um, How does your nose hair affect you? It affects you greatly. Yeah, you, I would you, think so. Um, end up having more sinus infections without Mm. it because it catches debris. Right. Um, I, in fact, my parents have cats and for those years, whenever Uh I would go home, it was awful. My sinuses would close entirely because it was just so, it was trying to shut out the pet dander. Right. And so my, um, sinus passages would swell up and it totally closed. It was terrible. (laughs) And then once I got nose hair back, all of a sudden it wasn't as bothered because it could catch some of that debris in the air. Right. Eyelashes are also very useful friends Mm -hmm. because they act as visors to your eyes. (laughs) Who knew? And they keep things out of your eyes. Yep. Very important. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so then does that bring us up to that brings us to uh just to uh maybe a year ago or two years ago where I started growing hair again and I was like I had arm hair first and I was like look at this little hair farm on my arm <laughs> I have like 25 hairs um and then a few maybe a year before that I could see like three leg hairs and I was like what are you even doing here <laughs> who invited you and yeah. I didn't notice them because they weren't they were few and far between but right. one day in the sun I was like that is a very long leg hair and you have to go <laughs> Um, so now I sometimes shave my legs. I don't always, yeah. but I do grow hair there, which is weird. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of fun. You guys, you don't, <laughs> you don't appreciate it, but it's kind of fun. Yep. Yeah. You don't, you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> um, well, wonderful. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that journey. Yeah. Um, so for nannies mm-hmm. that have kids who have alopecia, mm-hmm. I'm sure that they, understand the medical side because nannies are wonderful at researching and things like that. But the human side of it, 
right. um, the emotional side of it can be harder to research. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if there are any books that... Um, I I have not read any books yeah. about alopecia. Someone just recommended to me Bald Mermaid, um, oh, which okay. I haven't, I've not looked into. I think that um, the story is a person who's going through chemotherapy treatments, mm-hmm. um, but I would like to read that one. Right. But there's a, a great website, the National Alopecia Areata Foundation website. It's naaf.org. Awesome. Um, and I will share that you, yeah. on Facebook Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, so. they can connect you to a lot of resources. And um, when the bald Barbie came out, you guys, oh. I was so excited because <laughs> she had a, she was bald, but she also had a hot pink wig. And I was like, oh, that was that's what I want. Yes. Um, but they were only giving it out to kids. But they can connect you guys if you for fun events like that. And they also have support groups there mm. on that website, which is a really helpful resource. Yes. And I know that there's some like camps. Yeah, yeah. Um, a good friend of mine from college, her daughter has alopecia. Yeah. So I follow her, Tracy Copeland Halter. I'll be, <laughs> I'll give you a shout out, and I will link uh, this. I will tag it on your Facebook wall, because um, yeah, she posts all the time about yeah. all these great resources. Yeah. Um, it's really, I would say too, one of the things that I have really taken away from this journey I've been on is, um, you should really steer into it because yeah. a lot of people resist it. And I understand why, cause it's really scary and it can be really hard. But I think the longer that you are, um, fighting against it, the more you're telling yourself that this is not a beautiful thing to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that it's important to, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to acknowledge. Cause I, I had a boyfriend's mom once who she had gotten like a bad dye job in her hair uh-huh. and she was so bereft. She was very upset. Like, and I get that, like right. your hair is so important to you. And she was like telling me about it. We were on this trip <laughs> and then she's like, I just feel like I don't feel like myself and I feel ugly. And, and then she burst into tears and I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I just feel so bad telling this to you. And I was like, oh my gosh, me of all people understand how important your hair is to you. Like, right. please don't, like it changes the way you view yourself. Even when I switch wigs now, uh-huh. when I switch wig colors or like <laughs> lengths or styles, I'm like, it takes me like a week to like the wig. Cause I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Cause you're used this to look so right, weird. Yeah. You're used to viewing yourself a certain way. And so um, hair is actually a fairly important part of, your identity, it's not the only thing about you, but it's part of how you view yourself. And so you kind of have to like go through some, um, is it called body dysmorphia where you like, your body doesn't look like how you, yes. you're not viewing your body the way it actually looks or yes. you're, yeah, you have to sort of go through that process and, and sort of look at yourself again and be like, well, who am I? Right. And what do I look like? And, and is that okay? And um, with you, not with anybody else, because right. forget them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there were many times where I tried to steer towards it. And because of um, fear and love, my parents were not ready there. They were not ready. Right. But I think maybe they should have let me shave my head or get a hot pink wig in high school. Yeah. And and be me. And, and take some ownership. Absolutely. Take the power back. Right. Because it can be very hard to feel powerless against this. Mm-hmm. You don't know when a spot's going to come. Even if your hair grows back, you don't know if it's going to come and you're going to lose it again. It can be very hard emotionally for the children. Um, 
even for adults who are struggling with it, because you can get this as an adult for the first time. Yeah. Um, I would also say the longer you hide it from other children, the more unkind experiences you're going to have. Um, that makes sense. And and some of that's the kids are scared. Like right. when I was in fifth grade, I would wear, we were allowed to wear bandanas for like a hot two weeks um, <laughs> of school. And I had started like the, towards the end of the second week, great bald spot covering tool to wear a bandana in your right. hair. Um, but then my teacher, one of my teachers asked me to take it out. And I, I think I, I don't know if I started crying or I basically was like, I can't. And she was a great teacher. She pulled me into the hallway. She'd had my sister and she was mm-hmm. friends with my mom. She's like, what do you mean you can't like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have bald spot and I can't, I didn't do my hair today and I can't take it out or people will see it or right. something like that. And, um, so they let me wear my bandana the rest of the day because they're super compassionate. They were worried about like gang violence. By the way, it was like a pink and white polka dot bandana. <laughs> so that to me is like, come on, you guys. Yeah. But we're in fifth grade, first of all. Um, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh-huh. Um, I, school dress code I is a it. whole yeah. different issue yeah. that I I have had issues with since I was in school. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a special, special thing um (laughs) but yeah so then children were like katie has head cancer that's why she gets to wear her bandana today and i was like i don't have head cancer right and uh it was interesting because the longer you hide it from people they don't understand so they they think it's perhaps um i don't know like free reign i've had a lot of experiences where people have been insensitive because they didn't know Mm -hmm. like i once had a youth pastor who um of my church friends, of my church, <laughs> I was like 12, like a 12-year-old girl or a 13-year-old girl with like eyebrow line drawn down the middle of my eyebrows. Right. And he tried to wipe it off while we were serving a pancake breakfast. And of course, I burst into tears because right. I'm a 13-year-old girl. And also, you don't get to touch my body like yeah. that. There's and so many things yeah, wrong with that scenario. So it's a special world we live in. And uh, he said to my sister... Cause they were like, why would you do that? And he was like, well, if she didn't want people to make fun of her, she shouldn't have shaved off her eyebrows. So I know this man was bald because he had childhood cancer of his own and his hair never grew back. And my what? sister was like, she didn't shave them off. She has alopecia and they fell out. And then like, it was very uncomfortable because this, this grown man did the right thing. And he came to apologize to me and like, but it was very interesting to see like he just didn't know he thought he was being funny right so the more you can um speak about what's going on with you or with your child or um encouraging the parents to not keep it a secret mm-hmm. the more people you'll be surprised at how compassionate and loving people are yeah. um i find that when i was trying to hide it is when i um had the most hurt happen about that's, it that's a really excellent point and yeah. something that i think might seem counterintuitive yeah. to people at yeah. first, but to hear that is very encouraging. Yeah, it is. It was really interesting too. Cause it was, <laughs> I had so many stories where someone <laughs> said something to me about it cause they didn't know. Right. Um, and then I burst into tears and then that person, <laughs> that person apologized to me. Um, and it, it happens too in like classes where I remember once in, what was it? It was, I guess it was my freshman year of high school. And this was before my eyebrows were tattooed on. So I was still like drawing them in. 
I was better at that point, but not good. <laughs> still not good. Still, still a dark time in my makeup. I'm still not good at makeup, friends. Um, Neither am I. But this this guy was bullying this girl. These two people, um, actually, and one of them was like a a kind of friend of mine. Um, he had actually made fun of me for it in middle school on mm. accident, and he found out about it, and then was like very kind to me about it ever since then, and then. The other one was an upperclassman and they were kind of harassing this girl. And I was like, she didn't do anything. Leave her alone. And then for you, thank you. The other upperclassman was like, why don't you go grow some eyebrows? And I like, I don't know if I stood up and then burst into tears, but I wept uncontrollably in the hallway for like the whole class period. Wow. (laughs) My sister came by, um, in the hallway, just on a bathroom break. And that's after she was like, maybe Katie should get her eyebrows tattooed. And my like teacher was so kind to me about it. Um, and then the boy came out to apologize. Mm. I guess he found, cause I think the other guy was like, she has an autoimmune disorder and her hair just falls out. Right. And that's not cool that you talk to her like that. Um, which is yeah. uh, when you offer people the opportunity to be your advocate mm-hmm. instead of your bully. I, yeah. I find that most of the time people will take that opportunity. Absolutely. They'll be more compassionate if you can tell them what's happening and um, be open about it mm-hmm. and how it's how it is challenging for you. I think we also uh, in college I toured a show. I was an actor formerly um, <laughs> and I was it was like to thine own self be true is what we eventually came up with. It was like Shakespeare related, but also kind of modern and um we each did a monologue about our own life and we did some different Shakespeare work and I was sword fighting at the time and I really wanted to play Tybalt bald because they wanted me to talk about alopecia and I was like yes I would love to what if I'm Tybalt I have this sword fight and then like we can do the monologue about me being bald and they were like great and literally every school we toured it to out of 30 maybe 31 maybe 30 out of 31 schools all but one had a student who had alopecia or had recently been diagnosed with alopecia and was struggling with it. And the teachers were like, this was so helpful. Thank you for like coming here because like this just happened in our class and we're trying to help the students understand it. Yeah. So being open about that too, as an adult, if you have it, or if you're, um, an older child who's struggling with it, it, it can mean the difference in a, like a whole several years of someone's life and like right. self-acceptance. That's really a powerful thing to do. Yeah. And for, I mean, that story tells me that though many of the people listening will not have children who have alopecia, right. but they might have children who have a child in their class who have Absolutely. alopecia and talking to them about it. Yeah. Um, is a great thing. Yeah. Just like we talked about uh, talking to kids about allergies. Yeah. Any medical thing. <laughs> I would be uh, almost everyone I know, whenever they find out I have alopecia, they're like, oh, my friend's blah, blah, blah has that. Or right. I, my cousin's girlfriend has that. And they know someone who has it. It's mm-hmm. actually, f- it's not like super common, but it's fairly common. Um, and it's surprising to see um, I don't know. It's surprising to see how widespread it is and how some people will come up to me because I'll go out bald as well. Mm-hmm. I will go out bald. I'm not afraid. If someone's like, I like your hair. I'm like, thanks. It's a wig. You could 
you could have this hair too. Which is which is actually <laughs> one of the first things Katie said no, to me. Oh, did I? Yeah. At our rehearsal? At our first rehearsal. So Katie and I met doing the play Measure for Measure. And we met originally uh, in the green room for auditions. Oh, yeah. But then when we were cast and our, at our first rehearsal, I came up to you and I was like, oh, my gosh, I love your hair. It looks like Tonks from Harry Potter. And you were like, oh, well, it's a wig. You could have it. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. And I was yeah. like, oh. That would be awesome. My mom used to be like, that does not, like, you don't have to tell them. I was like, I know, but it's kind of fun. Like, yeah. I also don't like, I didn't grow it myself. So it's not like I did much of the work. I just put it on. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's, uh, and I, I choose to wear a wig to work. Um, the kids I work with know I'm bald. I take it off for them. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them love it and they're like, take it off, put it on, <laughs> take it off. Can I wear it? Um, so the, it's kind of a fun fun trick for them yeah. and it, it actually makes them more compassionate because I can share with them times where people have hurt my feelings because I looked different mm-hmm. um, and that makes them think about someone they love who they think is like just so magical and amazing right. and then to think about someone being unkind to them for the way they look and it's been like a really um, helpful experience especially as they grow up and go into elementary school mm-hmm. um, just the knowledge that you can be different and still be beautiful mm-hmm. and um, how to be compassionate towards others who are might be suffering or might be struggling. Those are different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a lovely way to teach that. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. In such a unique way. Yeah. And very personal. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what makes, that's what makes the difference here is if you can really be open and vulnerable and tell somebody, you know, like this happened and it really hurt my feelings when that happened. Um, I think that that helps children to know that, that it's going to be okay. And like, look at how, what a successful adult you are. You know, you're happy. (laughs) You are beautiful. You are funny. You are like, you like to be around us and you like, people like to be around you too, you know? Yeah. And you can be different and still be loved. (laughs) Yeah. That's, That's so true. Yeah. Um, so major takeaways are talk about it, mm-hmm. keep it out in the open, mm-hmm. uh, learn about it because whether or not there are books written specifically about this, which I'm positive there are, right. and I will do some research on that. And if yeah. I find them, I'll post it on the Facebook yeah. group um, and probably on Instagram as well yeah. for that one. Um but yeah, I'm always a fan of, of knowing more. There's some short films too. Oh, um, great. And I also think knowing knowing celebrities who have it, because there are many mm-hmm. who have mm-hmm. um, had alopecia. And it was really inspiring to me to know that there's a princess who has it. And <laughs> I could too be a princess if, you know, and um, it's fun to see that kind of stuff. So like role models to look for, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a regular adult or a cousin in their life who has it or whatever it is or I think that's a really powerful message that they can see people being successful yeah and loved and um happy right yeah right it's not it's not the end yeah because when you're little <laughs> I'm not gonna lie friends when you're little it feels like maybe a death sentence right um it's hard and I think that I've had some people who I don't know they walked a an interesting line I had one friend who is like oh it's just hair, not comforting. No, I would not say that to someone no. who's losing their hair. Yeah, I would not, uh, because it 
it is hair. You're right. I'm not sick. Mm -hmm. Great. That is great. And I'm grateful for that now. But when you're first losing your hair, whenever people come to me, um, cause I'm very vocal about being bald, <laughs> uh, but I've had many people who have been diagnosed with alopecia or, um, people who have started going through cancer treatments. Mm-hmm. And m- one of my first things I say is like, I'm so sorry that you're losing your hair on top of all of this or right. that you're losing your hair. That's really hard. Like feel free to mourn for your hair because a lot of people won't give you the opportunity to, and right. it's okay yeah. to be sad about it. It doesn't make you vain. It's just a part of yourself that's changing and it's hard to let go of that. Kind of like going through a breakup, right? Right. Like yeah. you, it might be for the best or it might be fine on the other side, but right now <laughs> doesn't help for you to be like, it's just a person. It's fine. Right. You'll, exactly. you'll go on. The word um, just yeah, is yeah, problematic it's most of to the, the time. Experience. Yeah. And it's, it's also so, and I, I get where it comes from. You're trying to like encourage them that it's not that important. Um, but it also really hurt. It's hurtful because then you're telling them their feelings are wrong. Mm-hmm. They can't feel sad about losing their hair or insecure. Um, so <laughs> I would steer away from that phrase. Um, <laughs> Good advice. I would also steer away. So I've had friends who have said it's just hair. Uh, and I've also had friends who have, who've gone the opposite direction. Same friend once who was like, <laughs> she was like, I'd rather die. She was like, oh my gosh. I give up my firstborn child if that were to happen. And I was like, that's a little far. Like yeah. A little extreme. <laughs> like there's a middle ground to be like, you know what? That's really hard. And I'm so sorry that this is something that you're going through. And I know it's got to be so challenging, but I know you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I know you are kind and smart and funny. And I know that you're going to have such a happy life, a fun life. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. It is. That yeah. is. It is. It's so hard. And I also think, um, and please correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but I also think one of the best things you can do is is say I'm here and I'm yeah, listening. Absolutely. Like please tell right. me how you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm always happy because I sometimes have hair envy. Uh-huh. So I've, I'm 28 now. I've had bald spots since I was seven. I've been like, I have no scalp hair right now, friends. Um, so I've been like bald on my head for a oh gosh, since I was like 21. Mm-hmm. So like seven years, I'm very aerodynamic. Hopefully it helps <laughs> me in my marathon that I'm about to run. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I still get hair envy sometimes. I'm mostly, I'm very happy. I think I'm, right. I think I'm beautiful. You are beautiful. But so, thank you. <laughs> but sometimes I still see a swish, a really good swishy ponytail. And I'm uh-huh. like, ugh, I wish I had a swishy ponytail. Um, or sometimes particularly when my friends are getting married or what have you Mm -hmm. and everybody's going to look a little fancier except for me who's going to have very (laughs) similar looking hair um although part of that is me learning to style hair because most synthetic wigs come pre-styled so you naturally look beautiful all the time which is great which is Um, lovely (laughs) but i've recently started buying human hair wigs and you guys human hair so hard to control i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure you know this i have forgotten yeah it's real challenging to clean it and keep it not greasy and then like put it in the place you want it to be in and Mm -hmm. convince it to stay there (laughs) that's really hard lots of respect to you hair havers out there um yeah, but I still have hair envy and my loved ones, like my, uh, my roommate and my, uh, boyfriend and Martha over here, they're mm-hmm. always very like, yeah, that's, that is challenging. Mm-hmm. And, 
but you're beautiful and mm-hmm. lucky in some ways that I don't have to shave my legs and <laughs> don't have to wax my eyebrows and all sorts of fun perks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting mix. I think that's a good piece of advice to, to listen and continue to offer to listen. Right. Yes. Cause it, like you just told us your journey and every person, every human mm-hmm. has a journey, but anyone with alopecia, it's going to feel different at different yes. stages yes. and you can, uh, you know, years later, it's, it's never, a an over thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it waxes and wanes, I right. would say. Um, and I think that there are many things you can and should do to celebrate, Mm -hmm. um, being bald for the children that you're working with. Um, I don't know if you've heard of henna crowns, but have you heard of henna crowns? No. Oh my gosh. But I mean, I can imagine what they are. I like desperately want one. If you haven't looked it up on Google right this second, start doing it now. (laughs) Unless you're driving and then don't. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Then Um, pull over before you do anything with your phone friends. Yes. A few summers ago, I thought I would get one. Um, but I didn't because I wanted to time it correctly so I could be at the beach every day. (laughs) Um, but it's a, it's basically a henna tattoo Uh and they're just so beautiful. They look like lace doilies on your head. Um, and you can get one and a lot of places that do henna crowns will donate them to people who have alopecia or to people who have cancer. Um, it's a way to reclaim again. It's, it's a lot about power of reclaiming Mm -hmm. it and giving you the dignity, um, Gosh, they're so beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes they're not free, but they're discounted greatly. And that's a fun way to celebrate. If a child's about to be bald, maybe like once every year or a few months you get one. And then it's like another way it's, it's, you're having fun with it, you know? Right. Switching up wigs is fun too. Um, Yeah. It's a, yeah. And allowing the child to have a say in which wig they want and mm-hmm. if they want to have wear, a hot pink one. Yeah. I almost bought a purple one a few weeks ago, my friends. <laughs> I think you told me about yeah. that and I was like, you should. It was like, la- it's called like lavender frost. Oh, um, that and it was like, beautiful. yeah, it was like $80. So it was not expensive as right. far as wigs go because if you want like an everyday wearing wig that's synthetic, that's a couple hundred dollars. Mm. If you want an everyday wearing wig that looks natural, that's um, human hair. That's a couple thousand dollars. Wow. So they're expensive. Yeah. But this one was like 80 and it was, um, it was just, I, there were pictures of real people wearing it. And I was like, I love it. I want it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll have a purple wig now. Uh, but I didn't buy it yet because I decided to save my money for a longer human hair wig, which was expensive. Fair but enough. soon, you guys, <laughs> feel free to send me a purple wig <laughs> to Chronicles of Nania. Yes. <laughs> They'll find us. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, well, wonderful. Is there anything else that you can think of? Um, I, again, just find things to celebrate and yeah. um, listen, be compassionate, use it as a opportunity for growth and courage. Um I think I can't stress enough allowing them to have some choice and power over certain Mm -hmm. aspects of it. If you, where you can find it. Great. Yes. Um, talking with the school, maybe even having a special, if your child is diagnosed with it, maybe even asking the teacher to have a presentation or a school wide something where you can discuss it or even in your grade level. Mm -hmm. Um, so that children can know because it's scary when they don't know for them. And so they, um, choose to pick at it. I think it's a safer um, emotional experience if the child can be open and honest. 
Right. Because then also just the act of hiding something creates shame around it. Yes. And I think that that's something you want to avoid mm-hmm. with something like this. Yes, I completely agree. And I do think m- most schools would be very open to the yeah. idea of discussing it or having it. Yeah. And then everyone's mm-hmm. on the same page except, you know, Ralph who skipped <laughs> that day. Um, but other kids will tell Ralph yes, if Ralph says Ralph something. Ralph will catch up. Yeah. Like yeah. he does on so many things. Absolutely. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity for the not only the child who's experiencing it, but their loved ones and their mm-hmm. friends in the in the school and and also people who aren't their friends to be more compassionate and to learn uh, many children are actually much more compassionate than you think. Even people who like bullied me at some point or had said something unkind when they found out they apologized and they were like, I'm so sorry, as you've already heard. Right. I didn't know. I have like countless stories like that mm-hmm. um, where people have come back and apologized and made it right. And I think that that's a powerful lesson for them as well, not to assume you know what's going on. Right. Yes. And and yes, I think offering people the opportunity yeah. to to be compassionate yeah. is important and helping uh, if it is a nanny kid in your life, uh, helping them find their voice yes. about it yes, um, by practicing, by just listening to them. Absolutely. Because if they never get to talk about it then that's going to be scary absolutely anything that you don't you aren't yeah super allowed or it doesn't feel encouraged to talk yeah. about you're you, not going to you learn that it's something you should be ashamed of right. that maybe people don't like right and, and it's I think, already hard enough to talk yeah, in school yeah maybe also um boundaries if you i'm we did the boundaries episode uh-huh. but also go listen to it if you have not it's one of my personal favorite episodes <laughs> i listen to it sometimes when i talk to children about boundaries I talk about backyards and this Mm -hmm. is mostly for children who are anxious it's really helpful Mm -hmm. and I'm like if it's in your backyard you take care of it but if it's in somebody else's backyard it's not yours to take care of right so for a child who is um dealing with alopecia and how to discuss it with other people because sometimes people will be unkind Mm -hmm. so if you have done everything you can to be kind their reaction to your to you being bald has nothing to do with you. Right. It has everything to do with what's in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And so if you can sort of, um, remind the child of that idea, maybe even draw a picture and like someone's reaction to you being bald has nothing to do with you being bald. It has nothing to do with your worth as a person and it has everything to do with their own mess. Right. And, um, continuing to, reiterate that I think would be very important yes yeah yes that it yeah it is not there's there's to worry about yeah exactly <laughs> you've got enough going on yeah. don't take on other people you're fine your backyard is really you got a lot going on yeah yeah <laughs> even if you're not bald we all always have a lot going on yes yeah. exactly yeah uh well wonderful thank you so much yes thank you coming on and sharing all of that I hadn't even heard some of that so I'm really glad that we did this I hope it was helpful to everyone listening and um, if it wasn't super helpful to you then I hope it was interesting (laughs) thank you for this snapshot into my life well and also I think it's it's important because you were the first person that I I had ever met oh you know that had alopecia and um and I have since 
yeah. met many, yeah. but um, I think it's important, you know, since it is Alopecia Awareness Month, yeah. one, knowing what it is, yeah. because not everyone knows what it is through no fault of their own, but it's not... There's not an after-school special about alopecia, to my knowledge. We should make one. We should. Oh, my gosh. All right. Look for that. That's going to be great. (laughs) Katie Um, and I are going to make that. I can't wait. Um, But it's not... It's not talked about mm-hmm. as widely as mm-hmm. as some other things um, that are as prevalent probably yeah. as alopecia, but yeah. it just doesn't get as much airtime. Absolutely. Um, and so, just I think this is helpful to anyone. Yeah, <laughs> to I agree. Just know about know more about alopecia because I yeah. certainly know more than when we started recording <laughs> this, and I've lived with you. I that's true. <laughs> I will say too um, for people who have. Um, a child who's going through this, or if you're going through this, I, um, have learned so many tips and tricks about if you're like, if you are someone who prefers to wear a wig, I know a lot about how to choose a wig that looks very natural. Mm. Um, I found the best product ever for eyebrowless people, uh, cause my eyebrows are tattoos, but they fade very quickly on um, people with alopecia because you have a lot of, um, this certain type of fluid in your skin. Okay. Um, which is what makes people with alopecia skin actually super clear, which yeah. is a great benefit. <laughs> you have very little breakouts, um, but it makes your tattoos fade faster, the color in them. But I have found this awesome eyebrow snapper called Venus Brow, um, which I would recommend to anybody, any child who might be in seventh grade and <laughs> have no middle part of their eyebrows. I recommend this <laughs> stamper instead of drawing a line between them, uh, between the two sides that are still there. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions, I I mean, like if you, I don't recommend necessarily hiding it, but if you wanted to cover spots for something, I have a lot of tips and tricks that feel free to email in or ask. Um, yes. And that email is chroniclesofnania at gmail.com and nanny is N-A-N-N-Y-A. Yes. I would be happy to yeah. answer anything. I, I also have a lot of people who are going through chemotherapy mm-hmm. um, who message me and email me just because they know I'm bald. So right. like, can you give me some <laughs> advice on how to take care of this? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, I have so much advice for you. <laughs> Prepare yourself. <laughs> Let's talk about my wig website. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you have any of those questions, please email yes. in um, because Katie would love to yeah. answer them. And I would love to talk to Katie more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and I also like my mom lost a lot of hair. She had a stroke when I was oh, young yeah. and she lost a lot of hair. So it's not it, there's a lot of reasons that people yeah. lose hair. Actually, yeah, if you are um very sick, a lot of times your body will stop making hair because mm-hmm. it knows it doesn't need to do that to survive. Right. And so um if you have an issue like you almost die because you're so sick, you're a lot of people will lose their hair. Yeah. Um, in fact, our pianist in my middle school, our accompanist in our middle school or high school choir, she and I went to the same wig shop and I didn't oh. realize it until I saw her <laughs> hair on the wig stand and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's her hair. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah, it was really, it was really fun. Um, but her story was she got very ill in college and mm-hmm. it just never came back. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Lucille Ball didn't have eyebrows either, friends. She shaved them off and they never came back. So <laughs> there's lots of fun facts I can share with you about hairless people. Yeah. They walk amongst you. Yes. Yes. 
Wonderful. <laughs> well, um, so this week I will be putting out lots of resources um, throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So check back to Facebook, the Chronicles of Nania Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Email in if you have questions. Uh, yeah. And if you have time this week and you like have five minutes and you just want to do something kind, then if you could go on iTunes <laughs> and write a review, that would be so helpful to me uh, because it helps us with the the way that the algorithm works. Writing out a review is the best way for us to move up the charts and be seen by more people. So if you have time this week, please go on iTunes and write a review. That would mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful. Well, we end each episode with a, a, an uplifting story <laughs> or quote. And uh, Katie has brought one. She changed that because I said, it's not funny, but it's heartwarming. And she was like, they're <laughs> supposed to be heartwarming and mm-hmm. happy. And I was like, cool, but you won't laugh. I know. But <laughs> it's not a ba-dum-ch. But yeah, it's that's a, fair. It's a, oh. That's fair. This is an awe moment. Um, a few years ago, I was running. I was not nearly running as much as I do now for my marathon training, but I still liked to run. And I was finishing up a three mile run at the time. And I obviously do that bald because why would you do that in a hair hat? (laughs) That makes no sense. Um, so I'm running and I'm come to this intersection and there's like a line of toddlers basically on like a walking rope. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can imagine it or you've seen it because you're nannies. (laughs) Um, and we stop and as I'm coming up at the intersection, I slow down because I don't want to barrel through the children. And there's a little girl in the line and she has her head shaved. And I can actually see, so the, the fun part about people who have their head shaved because of alopecia, you can see the little follicles of hair that are growing. Oh. So they kind of look like a map, like the planet Earth. It's kind of beautiful and amazing because um, p- patches are totally smooth and patches have hair. Um and I come up there and this little girl's there and we're both, we're literally the teachers and I, the little girl, all the Aww. other children and I, we're like light up. We're like, <gasps> and they're like, the one kid goes, look, she's bald too. Aww. And um, they had told me, they were like, oh yeah, she, she just lost her hair and she just got diagnosed with alopecia. I was like, that's what I have. Uh-huh. And so we had a really fun moment with that. Um, and then I have one more. Yeah. I was running. So another running story. <laughs> I was mar- I was running and I was finishing up like a 16 mile run. It was crazy. Town. Oh. And um, I was crossing this intersection and there was a dad and like a two year old on one of those little push bicycles mm-hmm. where he's got the handle and they had, he also had a dog and then he had an older daughter who was like five on her own bike and the dad and the dog start and the little boy start to cross the intersection and the girl is staring at me with her huge eyes she's so (laughs) sweet she's on like a little pink bike and she's got like a helmet on and beautiful blonde hair and she was like daddy look (laughs) no hair (laughs) and he was like "Mm, i see and it made it just made me feel so beautiful i felt like a disney princess (laughs) and like i could run for another 15 miles which i did not do right but hopefully i can do later (laughs) amazing Um, it was so wonderful it was really fun to see the delight and joy in her face in both all those children's faces to see a grown-up girl with no hair it's kind of fun yeah yeah Yeah, it is yeah (laughs) yeah 
That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Yes, thank you. For sharing all of that. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I hope it's useful to you all. Yes, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nannia is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nannia and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.